Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. I have got a guy that I have admired and followed for a long time on LinkedIn. You should do the same. You should find Jarris Tucker on LinkedIn and you should follow him as soon as you get done listening to this conversation. And don't do it right now. You should listen to this conversation. But he is an introvert turned speaker. He's a marketing consultant, a leader, an entrepreneur. Again, you can find him on LinkedIn at Jarris, J-A-R-I-S, Tucker, T-U-C-K-E-R, but you can find him right here, right now on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Jairus, how you doing today, man? I'm doing absolutely great. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute honor and a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Man, the honor is all mine. And and let me start here. And, and I, I start here with on every podcast because I want to get a sense and a perspective of how things are going in your world. Because the last 18 months, everything has been as as the the old fresh prince of bel-air theme said everything has been flipped turned upside down and so you and i are not that far apart in virginia and, and i in west virginia take me through what's happened where you are in southern virginia around what's been happening with you your business around covid 19 and the pandemic the last 18 months or so sure i'll tell you what uh, taking it back to exactly about 18 months ago, let's go 19 months. I was at the peak of my life. I had just stepped into my role as an up and coming speaker. I was getting booked at different colleges, different community events. So I was out speaking and then COVID hit. It kind of put everything to a standstill because, um, I worked with the people, I work with the public. So, you know, I'm used to being outside and when COVID hit, it shut everything down. But I didn't look at it in a negative, negative sense to start out. When it first happened, I was like, man, what's happening? You know, I got a, all my bookings, my shows were getting canceled. I was just starting to get paid. I said, it has to be an underlying lesson. So I just took kind of a seat back and I just let things fall as they may. I knew I still needed uh, to work on my communication. So while everybody else was, you know, in the house and complaining and, you know, worrying and panicking, I'm a strong spiritual person. So I use that time to get closer with my God and to work on me. And that's what I think the beautiful thing about the whole COVID situation, it forced us to be inside. And I just took this time to work on me. And I noticed once I began to work on me, everything in my life, my business, my friends, you name it, started to get better as soon as I worked on me. What was the one thing that you can attribute to that? Because, man, I love what you said about working on yourself. Because there was a lot of people that had a lot of time to kill, so to speak. And, and I, as I've talked to people the last many, many months on the podcast, it's been that same thing. Well, I had time to do this. I had time to do that. I had time to do something else. What was the takeaway that you took when you began to work on yourself? What was that aha moment that you had when you said, man, I didn't realize I was doing this or I wasn't doing this. 
I'll tell you, well, I had a lot of those aha moments because when you're an entrepreneur, you don't do things in a traditional sense. So I would have so many people that would just come up to me and say, hey, why don't you stop being an entrepreneur? You're trying to run your little business. You want to be a speaker. Now COVID has everything. Stop doing what you're doing and go back to finding another job. And then, and then will come from some of my closest family members, some of my close acquaintances, people that I look up to would all pull me to the side and say, hey, this is not working. COVID has shut you down. You know, this place is hiring. I would even have people that would be with me every day would say, look, I got a job application for you. Why don't you come do this? And... <laughs> And it just Wait a minute. Like, so they had you had you had friends and family that were going here, man. Here's Taco Bell, man. They're they're hiring yeah. down to Taco. That, that is insane, man. Because and you, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I'm just thinking because I had people. I worked from home, and I had people saying to me, "Are are you okay? Are you and your family okay?" Yeah, I'm working from home. It's like, well, I, I just got my work done for the day. You know, it might have been one or two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, well, I've done everything that I can do for that day. I mean, I had family that were like, are you sure you're still working? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure I'm still working. When Let me go here with you for just a second because I love that train of thought that you're on. When you when you had the when you had those people that were coming to you and, and people you love that were saying that to you, did you feel resentment? Or did it fuel you? Because it, it could go either way, right? I mean, it could go, it could be like, man, you don't think that my dream is good enough? That could be the resentment part. Or it could be, listen here, I'm going to be okay and I'm about to show you what I'm doing. Where, where, take me kind of through your mental state when, when, when all uh, that was going on. To be honest with you, it was resentment and hate right up front. Because I'm so high level, I'm so passionate, and I'm so driven behind my dreams and what I believe in. I almost took it as an insult. Like, y'all with me every day. You're watching me struggle and create something from nothing every day. And then you're going to lose faith in me? So, of course, I was like, you know, bothered by that. But I've learned to create a positive mindset. So, very quickly, you know, once I feel like um, my emotions are getting out of control, I automatically go into a state to where I get back focused. I don't let too many people, you know, trick me out of my position. Whether they were consciously doing it on purpose or not, I knew better to say, hey, you know what? That's just their opinion. I'm yeah. going to show them. But it wasn't like I wanted to show them. I wanted to show me because it was a challenge in time for everybody, right? Yeah. Well, and Jairus, you, you get, and, and the reason that I do what I do on LinkedIn is I have said, listen, I want to be LinkedIn's intentional encourager. And you get it because I, I will tell a lot of people, I'll say, look, when you are encouraged, when you have that encouraged mindset, you wake up every morning, you're encouraged, you stay encouraged throughout the day. What happens is, is you basically put a helmet on around you. So when you got it, let's say you got a football helmet on, you know, somebody could hit you in the head and it, it, it may, you know, jar you a little bit, but it's going to be worse on their fist when they hit you than it is going to be on your head because you've got that protection. You've got that thing on you that protects you and encouragement does that same thing for your mind. When you talk, when you think about your purpose and the community that you serve, was there something that you took out of it that says, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to serve my community 
and my network this way going forward. And I'm going to help them in this way going forward. Yes, because what I realized at that particular time where a lot of people had already lost faith. And when COVID hit, it just started to allow people to show their true colors because when you're forced to stay at home, you don't have a job to run to. You can't go run to the restaurant or your local bar. You have to face your own issues, right? Yeah. So what I like to do is I like to lead by example. And I just took that time to, like I said, work on me. And when I work on me, I can understand my feelings and my emotions and the way I process that process situations. That allows me to understand the next person better because I understand me. Man, I love that. Understanding other people better because you understand yourself. And, and Jairus, I don't believe that a lot of people do that because, and I said this this morning in a post, I, I was reading the scriptures. I was reading in the book of Acts and I was reading about Stephen getting stoned and I'm reading and, and, and it's the seventh chapter of Acts in the Bible. And, and Stephen's telling a story, he's telling this story, and he's giving a history lesson. He's telling them, look, man, this is all the stuff that happened. And he's giving them a history lesson. He gets down to about verse 55 or 56, and it said the people were cut to their heart. And in the notes of my Bible, it said they were deeply affected by what he had to say. To the point, they took it, they went out and stoned him. And there's a lot of things that, that are said on social media that make people mad and that, that, that get people riled up and, and man, they, they, they want to throw stones at people and things like that. What would you say to those folks that are feeling that way about what's surrounding them? What, what is, you know, you've got this negativity around you and, and the thing you want to do is you want to come out swinging, but what would you say to those folks? to help them kind of net because you talked about working on you. How do you coach those folks to, to drown out that noise and get rid of all that junk around them? That's a very, very good question. And I like to keep things very simple. So I just ask them, okay, what do you spend a lot of time on? Do you scroll up and down social media? Or are you the type of person that binge watches on movies or Netflix or whatever the case may be? Once I get that information from them, I'll say, Hey, look, you can take 30 minutes away out of your day from scrolling on Facebook and just spend time to yourself. Listen to your own thoughts because there is something that's going on with you while you're so quick to lash out at somebody else. Because I get it. I can get on Facebook or social media, LinkedIn, and you can say whatever you want to say because I understand that is your platform. That is your voice. You can't offend me using your platform unless you outright come out and says, Hey, Jairus, I think you're, you know, whatever. I'm still not going to get offended. So yeah. it all revolves around self. You have to be able to look at that person in the mirror. And that's where everything starts with me. Well, and, and you're exactly right. And I love, listen, I'm looking at your, your LinkedIn profile and I'm looking at it now. And it says, over the years, I'm learning to become comfortable in my own skin. And I really believe that COVID has, has forced us to understand what that looks like. Because, you know, doing this podcast over the last 18 months, I've become comfortable asking questions, maybe asking different questions, things like that. 
some people had been comfortable just staying at the house and working like, man, I don't want to go back in the office. I like doing this. I, you know, I save traffic time and buying lunch and things like that. When you think about business and you think about people that you're coaching and you're helping, what are some things that, that you feel like are going to change? What do you believe is going to become permanent about what we've gone through the last 18 months in business and social media, things like that? Kind of put your crystal ball on, kind of put your hat on and kind of, what do you think becomes permanent about what I we're think doing? That's a very good question. First, let me say that. Excellent question. But I think people are beginning to understand that they have, have a voice and that what they want or the decision that they want for their life, that, that it can happen. So I see that, like you said, some people are going to go back to work. Some people are going to realize that that's not for them. So we're going to see more entrepreneurs. We're going to see more people who were getting unemployment and who are not working. They're going to miss that work environment. They're going to go to work. But ultimately, I see people starting to come together to begin to create I see in the next couple of years, we're going to find more people who are using their creative minds to create different situations, whether that's a way to parent their children, whether that's a way to create an income. We're going to do things. We're going to create different systems that will allow things to become better for everybody overall. Man, that is such a good point. That is such a great point. Let's step aside, take a break. When we come back, I want to talk to Jairus about service, what service means to him. I want him to also talk about nature flow and that that is a guide to manifesting happiness and successful living. And, and we'll tell you where you can find that at the end of the podcast, tell you how you connect deeper with Jairus. My guest is Jairus Tucker here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Come back with us here in just a moment. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now, what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you as a business owner can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. Jairus, we were talking before the break about people having a voice and Keeping things simple, man. I love those simple philosophies that you shared. I want to ask you about nature flow, a guide to manifesting happiness and successful living. Tell me where the idea came from and, and what prompted you to write nature. I love that title, by the way, nature flow. That's so good. 
and that when I was writing Nature Flow to put you in the mindset, I was a full-time production supervisor. I had a good crew. Everything was going very well. It's just my managers and the people who were above me, quote unquote, just putting a lot of pressure on all of the supervisors and just everybody in that facility. So becoming an entrepreneur and an author was my exit strategy and my way of, you know, starting my own path. So I just wanted to write a book. I, I knew that writing was not my passion, but I say if something happened to me, I can leave a legacy behind in a book format. So Nature Flow was just my experience at that time on how I was taking a negative situation, how I was creating a positive mindset for myself. And I just put it in a format to where others can read it and be encouraged by actually being able to see my growth from where I started to where I'm at now. Man, people, do, and man, I'm so glad you brought that up because when I was writing people buy from people, people would, they would ask me, they were like, well, what's your, what's your reason for doing it? And for me, it was to honor my dad. My dad passed away almost nine years ago. For me, it was to, to honor my dad's legacy. You did it as an exit strategy. The whole time you were writing Nature Flow, what was going through your mind as far as when this gets done, I'm going to do this, this, and this. W was that always in the back of your mind or, or, you know, take me through that process of, because I love what you said about that was my exit strategy away from that company that I was in. Yeah. I mean, when I begin projects now, I'm learning the importance of seeing the whole vision through. So as I was writing Nature Flow, I was just picturing myself explaining the way I'm explaining to you on Oprah's sofa, what I was going through at that particular time and what made me write it. So Nature Flow was just basically uh, my recipe on how I created success, happiness, and positivity in my life based upon my definition. And it allows others to look at what I like to call my recipe. You can add or subtract to the, my formula to create your own because it's not a okay, well, Jarris did it this way. I have to follow his steps, A, B, C, and D. No, right. what I did works for me. You read my story and my advice. If, it, if it's something you don't like, scratch it. If it's something that resonates with you, you can add on, subtract, or even multiply to make something that is a guide for you to be successful and happy, uh, whatever you're looking for in particular. Did, would, did Nature Flow, did it become a motivator for you because the reason I asked that, Jairus, is man, I've never had somebody tell me I wrote my book because it became an exit strategy. So my mind is going here, and I, I want to ask you this. Those days, those nights that you were working, did, did nature flow, did that become your motivation? Like, man, one of these days, I'm not going to be doing this job. One of these days, I'm not going to be here putting up with this garbage that I'm putting up with. How did that keep you motivated and, and help you stay motivated and stay encouraged to do what you were going to, what you were setting on your path to do? When nature flow allowed me to realize that everything that I was going through in my life in that particular time, I could share my story on those past events. 
So when, you know, I would get picked on by my supervisors or my bosses or whatever the case may be, I was having a bad day. I would say, you know what, this is going to make for a good story one day. Somebody's going to read this material. Somebody's going to want to hear what I have to say on a podcast. I'm going to let them know, hey, look, I was in a very, very negative state of mind. I worked on bettering myself through the negative process, through me hating going to work. So I had to figure out something to look forward to. So I would say, okay, even though I hate doing what I'm doing now, I'm going to work on this book. And that was my way of escaping that reality at that particular time, knowing that I was actually preparing better for myself in a future sense. I love what you say about in, in your LinkedIn profile. I love what you say, how may I be of service? Because that was something my dad poured into me growing up. My dad would always say to me, son, you know, you you take care of customers. We take care of people. You know, uh, my dad worked for a company called Electric Motor Service. And he came up with a tagline, service is our last name, but our first priority. When you think of how good service should be, once you talk to the business owners and the salespeople, define great service to those people. Great service begins with the mindset. Before you think about the product, before you think about your mission statement or the service you're providing to the customer, before you get to any of that, what mindset are you trying to put your customer in? With me, I want everybody to know that when they ask a question, they want some advice, whatever it is that they're looking for from me, that I'm going to go over and beyond and I'm going to exceed their expectations like never before. Like you could ask me a question about, you know, how do I create life, uh, happiness in my life? Before I could even ask that question, I have to get some background information because I understand what happiness means to you or success may not mean the same thing to the person that's asking the question, right? So before you think about service, you have to make sure you're in the right mindset. Make sure you're not angry. Make sure you're not being too selfish. Make sure you have your goals and your rules and regulations and your values you, you might not have it all 100% under control, but you should have an uh, idea on, okay, before I open up this business, this is what I think my business should be. Yeah. What does that look like to you first? That should be the first question. I think everything else can kind of build around that. You know something, you, you, you triggered a, a, a conversation that I was having yesterday and my internet provider was trying to charge me for a service call to fix something that should have already been fixed. And they told me they weren't going to charge me for that service call yet. They turned around and did that. And as I was explaining my problem to the customer service rep, the first thing that they did was like, Oh, I'm so they kept saying, I'm sorry for your inconvenience. It doesn't matter to me that you're, I think, Jarris, here's where I'm going with this. I believe the first, it's almost like a reflex that when there is a problem, the first thing that people do and they think we're giving great service is, oh, I'm so sorry for your inconvenience. And I didn't care that they were sorry for my inconvenience. 
I just want to know, can you help me? Can you, can you take care of my problem? You know, that's nice, but you being sorry for my inconvenience doesn't help the situation. If you go, I'm sorry for your inconvenience. There's nothing I can do. I, I wish people would say that I'm sorry for your inconvenience when there's nothing they can do and just come right out and say, well, Brian, listen, unfortunately, there's nothing I can do. And I'm sorry for your inconvenience. I wish they would tell me that up front rather than go, I'm so sorry for your inconvenience. I don't mean to go on a rant there, but it just, it, 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 man, it just blows my mind that when we think of great service and there's an issue that the first thing we do is we just apologize. Like it's just a gag reflex. Man, I want to get your thoughts around that, that part of, of customer service. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tell everybody all the time, that's why I like Chick-fil-A. I love that customer service. Customer service should be trained every day. If I, I when I when I talk to my employees, that's the first thing I talk about is how do you handle the customer? How do you handle issues and how do you handle problems? Because that's the beauty of life, that you're gonna have problems, you're gonna have technical difficulties, everything's not gonna be perfect, and people understand it. Man, I want a chicken sandwich right now, real bad. I want a chicken sandwich real bad. Because you were talking about Chick-fil-A, and I'm like, hold up. I, I just lost about three-quarters of what Jairus just said because I was thinking about a chicken sandwich. I'm sorry, man. I, I, you know, no, the, the, but, the, but the, the, the fat is in the pudding. The Look fat boy inside. Hey, listen, man. The fat boy inside me just rose up for a half a minute. So <laughs> go ahead, man. I apologize. Go ahead. You're fine, but look at the proof in the pudding. We're talking about Chick-fil-A. It ain't got us discombobulated. That's service right there. That's and you said pudding too, man. By the you gotta you gotta go with <laughs> <laughs> you, you're using food analogies, man. You're tearing me up because I, I mean I'm like, man, pudding sounds good right about now, too. <laughs> Record this. No, but you're a hundred percent right, Jairus, is that you know, Chick-fil-A is so good at what they do with service because that's what they train and teach from from the word go it, it doesn't matter if you can make a great chicken lots of people got gr really good chicken sandwiches it's how you deliver that chicken sandwich let me go here with you for just a minute before we take a break what's one thing give me one thing that a business owner can do right now to improve their service. They're listening to us talk and they say, man, Jairus, that's great. What's one thing that I can implement right now with my team that's going to take our service level and make it 1% better? First thing they can do is ask all of their employees, what are some of the common issues that we hear on a daily basis? And it could be as simple as the issue that you had. We have a lot of technical issues that we can't fix that are all our control. And all we say is, I'm sorry to the customer. And that doesn't seem to satisfy them. Figure out that one issue that arises on a daily basis and come up with a solution and be sure that you tell every single employee, whether it's the person that's greeting, the person that works at the cash register, you be sure that you explain to them, hey, look, this is how we're gonna handle this situation from now on. And you let it know that, you let your employees know that this is a forever thing. So we fixed this problem. Now we're gonna look for the next one. 
Man, that is so good. And forgive me for getting sidetracked on chicken sandwiches and pudding, man. I that's you know, we, we because you know, great food is great food. You can you can get really great food and leave dissatisfied because yeah, the food was good, but everything else was terrible. You know, I didn't like the way I was treated. I didn't like the way that they made me feel like that that they were doing me a favor by serving me and, and, and helping me. And I've had those experiences and I know you have too, where, where you just, you leave so dissatisfied. You're like, man, that was awesome. I'd really like to come back, but I'm not coming back because of the way I, I left here. They made me feel terrible. And you know, I love that. Then let's step aside, take a break. When we come back. I want to get into your story. You alluded to it a few minutes ago some of the things that you've gone through in your life. I want to I want to take a deep dive there with you. My guest is Jarris Tucker here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Come back with us in just a moment. Hey, everybody. Brian Sexton. I want to tell you about my new book, People Buy From People, 10 Powerful People Lessons from the Ultimate People Person, my dad. My dad was one of the greatest connectors that I ever knew. And he shared with me 10 connecting principles that I have used throughout my 25-year sales and sales management, customer engagement, and leadership career that I'm passing along to you. If you want to be a stronger, deeper, and more powerful connector, you've got to pick up a copy of People Buy From People. There are concepts in there that you may not realize help make you a power connector. You can go to Amazon and pick it up, Kindle if you're an e-reader and you like to do it that way, or now available on Audible. And there's one other way you can get a copy of People Buy From People. You can get one from me and I'll sign it for you. You go to intentionalmediaandpublishing at gmail.com and send me an email and I'll share with you the link on how you can get a signed copy. You can buy a signed copy directly from me. Again, people buy from people. If you want to connect like never before, pick up your copy today of People Buy From People. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Jairus, let's get into your story. Man, I, I love it. Um, you, you at times when you post on LinkedIn, you'll give little snippets and nuggets about your life. And I have really admired your transparency and your openness and, and how you want to bring people in instead of keeping people at arm's length. So I want to give you the floor to tell your story. I'll jump in from time to time and ask some questions to pull some more conversation out of it. But I would be honored if you tell your story. All right. I'll be very brief as I can because my story is filled with a lot of hiccups, ups and downs, but just be very brief. Uh, okay. I grew up poor. I have a lot of brothers and sisters. I can remember always being very responsible at an early age. Even though I was like very shy, super extremely shy and anxiety to the max, to the max where I didn't like being around people. I was only comfortable or talkative around people that I knew. If I didn't know you, you weren't going to get anything out of me unless I was forced. So growing up like that, shy, but you always put in 
positions to be responsible for others, whether that was being responsible for my brothers and sisters, whether, you know, every job I've had to this day, I would always come in as a temporary worker, work my way up, and I would always get asked to be the leader or the supervisor or whatever the case may be. Now, this is somebody who has extreme anxiety, that's super nervous, that grew up not having nothing, but I always was happy because I didn't, we didn't stress about stuff that we didn't have. You know, we use yeah. our imaginations. I played with my brothers and sisters. So long story short, the last job I had, I was a full-time production supervisor. Uh, same thing, came in as a temp, worked my way up. And I would notice that as I would interact with other people, they would have all kind of super wild issues going on in their personal life that I didn't have going on. You know, I've always yeah. been happy and positive for the most part. So I learned very quickly that if you want to manage people better and handle people, especially when I'm in a high level supervisor position working for a multi-billion dollar company, you know, they would pick on me and bump my head about the smallest mistakes. So in order to keep my sanity, I started studying people and I eventually wrapped around to looking at myself. And I understood that leading by example was the best way to go with me. I understood that I was a good communicator. Mm -hmm. I understood that even though I had anxiety that I still had a job to do. Jairus, I got to ask you this. You, you talked about just a minute ago, you said growing up, we didn't have a lot and you didn't worry about what you didn't have. Was it a different mind? How was your mindset when you started accumulating and acquiring some things? Was that hard for you to kind of wrap your mind around? Because, you know, my parents, we had some things growing up, but we were not, we were not a family of means by any means. And there are times as you start to get a little older, get a little money in your pocket, for me, it was a, it was racking up credit card debt because I got a credit card and I was just going and buying stuff just to be buying it. If I wanted a, a suit or something like that, I would just go buy a new suit. Be like, yeah, check out my thrift, you know, my my new clothes or or shoes or whatever. And before you know, and I and I'll say this, in our house, we got a new pair of shoes when school started. Well, when I was in college and I was working and I had credit card, if I wanted a new pair of tennis shoes, man, I just went and bought them. I just went to the mall and bought them. When you think about the way you grew up and you started you started getting some things in life, how was your mindset when you grow up poor and then you start to accumulate? Is that hard to kind of get your mind around? Yeah, it was hard. It was very challenging back then because I was responsible for taking care of my whole entire family. So not only, you know, I was getting my first paychecks, I would make sure I was straight. I had to make sure my brothers and sisters were straight as well. So it taught me early on, you know, the value in giving and, and being responsible. Just like you, I was racking up debt, didn't know because I was just, I just didn't know. Getting credit cards, after credit cards. But I did learn that in a weird way, that helped my anxiety when I could go buy clothes and I could dress better, I learned that I felt better. And I learned, learned that not only did I feel better, I would actually perform better. And 
I wouldn't be as nervous when it came to having meetings in front of board members or in front yeah. of the CEO or the company. If I'm dressed well, then everything would flow easily. And I learned that at an early age. When you started getting some things, because in, and I had a guy named Tony Hills on my podcast. Tony played left tackle at Texas, and then he went on to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a backup offensive lineman for the Steelers. And we talked about, you know, some of the things that NFL players go through. And one of the things that I've always heard is when a guy makes it, he, you know, there, there are people that come around him and they go, man, you've made it. Okay, can you pay my car payment? Man, I need I need $10,000. You know, I need... You know, all this all this family, and I say that in quotation because you've got cousins that you never that you didn't know, or you got people you hadn't seen in years, they just start to come around you when you're doing well. You you mentioned a minute ago where you were take starting to take care of your family. As you started to get some things, you were taking care of your family. Did you ever run into situations where it was like, Man, Jarris, how are you doing so well? You know, did you ever run into that resentment? Or that that from your family, like, yeah, man, you're doing so well. You're gonna forget all about us, and you you're you're not gonna be able to take care of us anymore. Did you ever run into any of that with with family and things like that as you started succeeding? Yeah, I mean, it, it would hurt me to see how people would treat me and how people would handle me, and I didn't change. I was still the same person. But I'm glad that I would run into family members that I I, I, I just had to look at myself and, and say, look, they're using you. Jerry's you outright being used, and you got to put a stop to it. So I would tiptoe around trying to put a stop to it. I would avoid people. But as I got older and I got stronger and my wisdom was just coming in at perfect timing, I started to realize that it's easier for me to be straight up and honest with the people that I feel like are using me for me to say no, my no button now has gotten so strong for me being so nervous and so shy. People that knew me, they knew that about me. They knew I was yeah. a giver. So even my cousin told me, he said, man, I just would come ask you for stuff and I didn't need it, but I knew you was going to give it to me. So once he explained that, I said, well, if you're looking at me like that, then there are probably a lot of other people who are looking at me just like, you know, he's a sucker or whatever the case may be. So I just started working on saying no and just, you know, standing on what I absolutely believed in. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Man, that is encouraging conversation right there because, you know, there are times if you're a business owner, people come to you and they're like, man, I need this or I need that. Or, it, it you know you when when you've achieved a level of success and people go okay man you need to help us out or you need to do this or, you know they they will play or prey on your your what you've done and things like that and they don't see the work that you put in they don't see the sacrifice that you've made they don't see the times and I remember writing my book and I would have people be like, man, I want a copy of your book. And I'm like, you know, if I want to give you a copy of my book, I'll give it to you because I want to give you a copy of my book. But they didn't see that I had to pay for the book myself. I had to do all the labor and legwork for that myself. 
Like nobody gave me an advance to do that. It was all me. And so if I choose to do this, I'm going to do this because I want to. It feels like we've got a society now of expectation. And I love what you said about your cousin coming to you and being like, hey, man, I didn't need it, but I felt like, you know, you give it to me and things like that. As you started growing in your career and you had more success and things like that, what were conversations with your brothers and sisters like? Because I, I don't know. I mean, were your brothers and sisters having some of the same success as you were? Were they? And forgive me for the long-winded question, because what can happen sometimes is, is that some family goes this way and it's, you know, we're hanging out and doing things we shouldn't be doing. And other, other people in the family are just, they're going in a success track or everybody could be going in that track or, or everybody could be going. And, and I'm not sure, you know, where your family was at. Were you starting to see people replicate your habits or going the other way as you became more successful? I, I hope I asked that question correctly. Yeah, that, that's a good question because this is something that I know why I'm on the right path because it's just not about me being successful. I basically changed my whole mindset, which basically changed my whole reality. My family members are sticking right along with me. So we all are on the same wavelength. We all have the same energy of moving forward. And just about everybody, my brother, my sister, my mama, my father, all of us are now doing things that we never thought we were doing, whether they're opening up businesses. My mom has a, a Facebook live show that she does. My little brother, he just opened up a business. And my sister's selling cakes. So they all call me and say, by you making the changes that you made, it encouraged us to start making similar changes. What did you learn from your parents? Because um, you mentioned that you didn't have a lot growing up and now your mom's doing stuff on Facebook Live and that's awesome um, and things like that. What was the one thing that you learned from your parents that still sticks with you? For me, my dad taught me how to treat people. What was it for you and your and my mom the same way. What was it that you learned from your parents? I learned the value of how you treat people. You know, my mom was always treat people right, be respectful, and hard work. Those have to be the two things that I take now. Like, you know, I'm glad I had a strong mother who taught me and a strong father the importance of responsibility. See, I always was a go-getter. You know, they always showed us, you know, you go out and work. You hold the door open for people. You say, thank you. You say, yes, sir. No, yeah. sir. Small things that people take for granted is what I've learned from my parents. Man, that's good because my my dad, the one thing my dad told me, Jairus, was if you say it on it. That's the one thing that I remember vividly that my dad would always say, man. He'd say, son, if you say it on it. I got to ask you this. Take me through the biggest obstacle that you faced in your life or your career how did you overcome it? What was the biggest lesson that you learned from it? The biggest obstacle as I was preparing to quit my very last job being a production supervisor, I ended up being forced to quit early because they already had it out for me and I had enough and it just came to the point where they called me in the office and they were asking me about something that was really nothing. I said, you know what? I quit. But I jumped the gun too early. I was writing my book. 
I was just starting my business marketing company, but I didn't have anything saved up. My book wasn't done. I didn't know anything about being an entrepreneur. So I quit that job to start running my own business. And I realized that when I quit that job, I had to work harder and longer hours and deal with more stuff than I was already dealing with. Yeah. So I'm thinking becoming an entrepreneur is going to be good. I know a lot of people. I got a good reputation, but I did not factor in the fact that people knew me for being a supervisor. They didn't know me for being a business marketing consultant. So for like six months, I made no money. Nobody was calling. I had to get a part-time job uh, cleaning hotel rooms, making less money, working way harder than I would have if I would have continued to be a production supervisor. You know what? I love that. And, 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 and it's like, okay, people see you this way and they don't realize it's like, okay, but that's not the end game that I want to do. You know, it, it's like having this podcast of like, okay, we, we see, well, no, I'm not just a podcaster. I, I do other things. I mean, this is not my full-time gig. How did you, as you were going through those six months of not making any money, what kept you motivated? And more importantly, Jairus, what kept you encouraged? What kept me motivated is I started to study myself and I understood what I wanted all of life. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I know I wanted to be a speaker. I even realized very quickly that I love marketing and advertising, but I realized that wasn't my passion. So going through all of those changes, I needed to go through that because it helped me to understand that this is what I want to do. I want to share my story on podcasts and to become the world's biggest speaker, spreading positivity and kindness, taking the lead in leadership. So going through all of those things, as I start to, when you spend time alone and you actually look at yourself, I really realized that my whole entire life, I was almost being prepared and transitioned and being molded for what I'm doing now. Yeah. Well, when you get to be the world's biggest speaker, man, don't forget your boy Sexton here, man. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll shoot you a text. You'd be like, who's this? <laughs> who, who is this, man? <laughs> who is this? Hey, Jairus, man, this is, I, I hope you do, man. You mentioned earlier about being on Oprah's couch, man. I, I hope you get there, man. I, I just hope she don't make you cry. That's the one thing is like, <laughs> man, don't cry. Don't cry on Oprah's couch, man. Hey, Jairus, I ask this on every podcast and I ask you the same thing. Share with folks your biggest piece of intentional encouragement. My, my biggest piece of intentional encouragement would be to learn more about yourself. As you learn about yourself, you understand that you're not alone and you allow other people who are on the same wave path, who are like-souled or like-minded to come in your life and help assist you to where you're trying to get to. And you may be assisting them to where they're trying to get to. We all have a story. There's somebody out here in this world that needs to hear your story, which will give them encouragement to share theirs. Well, I tell you what, your folks did did it right by you. How, how many brothers and sisters do you have? I got eight brothers and sisters. Man, oh man, my my dad was the youngest of twelve, so I understand a big family. I, I do understand. So, are you the oldest? Are you the middle? You're the baby. I'm uh, the middle. Oh, right wow. around the middle. 
Wow. So see, folks, that's a part of Jairus Tucker you didn't know yet. He has eight brothers and sisters, and he's right in the middle. Jairus, tell folks how they can connect with you. Man, this has been such a good conversation, and I'm grateful for it. Tell folks how they can connect with you on your different social media platforms. And there are a lot of ways to connect with me. I tell everybody, the first thing you want to do is follow the hashtag bankers at work. You can literally put that in any social media site. You can literally Google it. Once you Google that, it's going to show you everything that I have going on. That way, if what I'm doing resonates with you, I have a wonderful text me now number. You can text me. You can send me a direct messenger message on LinkedIn. There are many ways to get in contact with me. It's whatever is convenient for you. Most thing, I, the most important way I tell everybody, follow the hashtag and everything else will fall in place. Man, that's so good. Follow the hashtag thinkers at work. And you can follow Jairus on LinkedIn at Jairus Tucker, J-A-R-I-S-T-U-C-K-E-R. You're going to want to write that down. You're going to want to remember it because you're going to want to connect with Jairus. And, and man, Jairus, this has been so good. Thank you for joining me today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Thank you. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.